This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. Uh, <clears throat> hello, everyone. I'm Keith Williams. Welcome to The Works. And we're so happy that you are tuning in today. And our guest this evening is Erin Harrigan. Uh, she has a great story to tell uh, about business and faith. So we're going to let her have the floor. <laughs> uh, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am, I'm grateful that we got connected. And anytime that I can share you know, what God has done in my life and where he's led me, I want to do that and just sing his praises. Um, tell us a little bit about who you are and what sure. you do. Yeah. So I am a Christian wife. I'm an empty nest mom. I am a recovering driver, striver, and achievement chaser. So I spent 25 years in corporate America, always chasing my way to the top, um, trying to achieve everything that I could because I was very self-reliant and believed that anything that I wanted was up to me. And then 23 years into that journey, so just two years before I lost my job, I started a multi-level marketing business. And I took that tenacity and drive and I took it right from my corporate success and put it into that business. And I had great success, but in 2014, I hit a wall and we had all of the outward material success that you could have the big house and the luxury car and taking vacations and buying our kids expensive things. But I was really empty. So, so empty. And I reached out to a mentor and I said, I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. And she said two things. You don't know who you are or whose you are. And she asked me if I had a relationship with Jesus. And honestly, my relationship with him at that point was sort of this mashup between new age beliefs, kind of the universe, if you will, and this guy named Jesus, but I didn't have a personal relationship with him. So on October 4th, 2014, I accepted Jesus as my savior. And as it says in the word, I completely became a new creation and that transformed my marriage. It transformed my parenthood and most certainly transformed my business. So in a nutshell, my ambition, much like Paul on the road to Damascus, needed to be redirected for the Lord. And that's what he began to do. Uh, are, are you still in business or are you like in full-time ministry? Yeah. So I, in 2018, as God was kind of pruning some things away, he instructed me to step back from my multi-level marketing business. And uh, he gave me the opportunity to do some consulting in project management in the pharmaceutical industry. But then he began to lead me to speak and to write and to coach other ambitious women. So today my business is comprised mainly of my coaching in a one-on-one -on -one capacity as well as a group coaching capacity. And 
my speaking, which includes my podcast. I no longer dabble in that multi-level marketing business. I still have it. I just don't touch it because God said, don't touch it. (laughs) Uh, And I'm no longer in corporate because I lost my corporate job in 2012, which really threw us for a loop. and, And I believe led me to the Lord. And so I am really staying busy doing my coaching, my writing, my speaking, and I absolutely love it. Also, you got a, so you got a book coming out. Is it already out? Yeah. So my book is out. I published it actually in March of 2020. Uh, was not my plan to publish a book during a pr- pandemic, but then we didn't know we were going to have a pandemic. Um, but my book is called Pursuing Success God's Way, A Practical Guide to Hustle with Heart, published March of 2020. It's available on Amazon. It's available on my website as well. And it is really a guidebook. It, it tells a little bit about my story, but it's really a guidebook for how do we allow the Lord to be our CEO and what does it look like to surrender our self-reliance and truly pursue success as a Christian, which is, it looks very different than the world. So yeah, the book is out and I don't, I think I have another book in the works, but God has not given me all the details yet. So stay tuned. (laughs) You know, it's funny that you mentioned it because, uh, <clears throat> in the Old Testament, when the ancient kingdom of Israel was established, that I don't think a lot of people know that at that time, that Israel was known as a theocracy. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that term? Yes. So uh, uh, for those of you who do not know what that means, basically a, a theocracy is kind of like a monarchy where you have a king or a queen but the person who is like really in charge is God himself so that's basically what happened and Mm. you know basically God has chosen who he wanted to leave Israel so at first it was Saul Mm -hmm. and uh you know he messed up you know God gave him some instructions and he didn't follow it and so he was removed, and then he was replaced by uh, Daniel, you know, and God had to remind him that, you know, even though, you know, you are king, these are still my people, mm. you know, because, you know, uh, the Lord really didn't want Israel to have a king in the first place, you know, I That's guess right. they, 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 they looked around the, you know, the other kingdoms. And it was like, yep. you know, we want to be just like all the other kingdoms. We want a king. You know, but <laughs> exactly. That were around them, you know, they didn't know the Lord. They was pagan. They was evil, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. But Israel said, you know, we want a king. That's right. You know, and God was like, well, you really don't know what you're asking for, right? You know, do you know what a king does? Yeah. And it was like, well, no, you know, we want a king anyway. So, you know, God allowed them to have a king, but there was some, um, I don't know if restrictions is the word for it. I think it was some some principles, some guidelines, you know, that, you know, that had to be followed. 
So as yeah. long as they, so as long as that opponent person was following the Lord, you know, then everything's gonna be okay. No, but Paul got greedy. No, not Paul. Saul, excuse me. You know, there, you know, there was another Saul that became Paul. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, forgive me, but <laughs> this particular Saul, he got greedy. He got prideful. He got arrogant. Mm. He, yep. You know, he wanted all this power. You know, and you know, he went south. You know, and basically, you know, God stripped the kingdom from him. You know, and gave it to a young man named David who uh, served on Saul's court uh, for uh, a spell. And here you have this infused battle between Saul and David until uh, Saul and his son Jonathan was killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it kind of reminds me, you know, you know, of that, you know, yeah. when. When we are, you know, when we're given a task or we're to possess the land, when I talk about the land, you you know, anything that, uh, you know, God has promised, you know, uh, you know, whatever it it may be, we call it our empire, Mm -hmm. but God is in charge, kind of like a theocracy. Yeah, yeah. God is at the top, man, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, you know, God uh, appoints you, he directs you to be a pastor, you know, which, you know, they call it an under shepherd, but, you know, God is really the shepherd of the flock and he's given us, you know, instructions on how to care for and tend to the, to the, uh, to the flock. It kind mm-hmm. of, so it kind of works you know, the same way, you know, even like when we go into business or we have like a a ministry or or something like that, we have to allow the Lord to be like the center of everything that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we don't, and right, we saw that we see this throughout the old Testament. I mean, my Bible study group, we're studying revelations right now. And you know, even the letters that John is writing to the churches, right? When we are not allowing God his rightful place, then as Dr. Charles Stanley says, I use his life principles Bible, what we create outside of God's will, we'll have to maintain outside of God's will, whether that's in business or marriage or parenthood or you know life in general and and we see throughout the bible what happens when they move away from that theocracy into being self-reliant and into you know taking the free will that the lord gives us and taking it to the extreme of i you know i will be independent and i'll do whatever makes me happy we we see the downfall that happens over and over again and praise the lord that he's so merciful and graceful and that he had a plan from the beginning to save all of us and, you know, praise Jesus that he willingly gave his life for all of us. And that's exactly what happens when we don't let him lead in our business. Even when we are professing Christians, we profess that, that we believe that Jesus is our savior and, you know, we're spending time in church, et cetera, but we're really not living that out. And it becomes a critical inflection point 
where you're finally sort of, for me, face down on the floor going, what is wrong? I'm doing everything. I'm doing all the work. I'm do. I'm following what I've been taught to do, you know, but yet there was so much pride and idolatry that happens. And I think that's, we see that today and we all can experience that on some level. That's exactly what you're talking about that happened, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. And that is exactly where I found myself relying on myself and not allowing him to lead. And, and knowing that when he leads us, we accept the risk that he may redirect our plan, that he may get rid of the plan, that he may take us, you know, into ministry or into business. And that's not what we were planning, but the obedience you know, uh, like a, like an Abraham level obedience, right? Like I will take you to a land that you do not know. And Abraham says, okay. <laughs> yeah. We see that everywhere and we personally experience it as well. Okay. Sorry about that. It's uh, okay. Is that, so you have one of those Abrahamic moments <laughs> and you found out that your life, you know, was turning upside down and you didn't know, you know, you know, what to do or where to go. And I'm like, God, I need direction. Yes. Yeah. You know, for me, that moment of salvation eight years ago now, eight years ago this month, you know, at first I, I embraced that and I thought, oh, this is great, right? I'm, I'm having so much anxiety over what's going to happen next and our financial turmoil and all the things. So I'll just accept Jesus and that'll solve it all. And I can remember a few months later, because he was still working, right? Because we walk out our salvation every day. <laughs> I remember talking to my mentor in my book, I call her the velvet hammer. <laughs> and I remember saying to her, okay, I accepted Jesus. I joined a Bible study. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying every day. Now what? And she said, no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way. It's not a checklist. And so I've had that mo those moments many, many times. I don't think that as you're following the Lord, that you're ever absolved of moments like that. There are always times that he's going to surprise you and redirect you. The, the difference is as you grow in your relationship with him, you get to a place where like Abraham, you say, I, I, anything Lord, you know, or like Isaiah, here I am or send me or, um, maybe I have that mixed up. Maybe that was Samuel. Um, but we get better at being surrendered, I think. So I still have those moments. I still have the moments where I'm face down on the floor, you know, praying Psalm 25, four and five, show me your ways. Oh Lord, teach me your paths, lead me in your truth and teach me. Right. And it's really about deepening our surrender. Oh uh, yeah. I, I see that you have the book behind you. I right. <laughs> What, what what are some of the 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 themes or the subjects that you talked about in the book? Yeah, the bit the bulk of the book, aside from telling my story and kind of how I get there, is five principles. And I don't know when this episode will air, but in this month of October on my podcast, I'm actually talking about each of these principles. And so 
those five principles really are centered around um, what I call the four keys of redefining hustle or allowing the Lord to lead. So let me talk about those four keys and then I'll tell you what the principles that are in the book. The four keys are define. So allowing God to define you, what success means for you and his purpose for you. Um, direct, allowing God to direct you. Discipline, putting what God has told you to do into action. And then development. And that that development, that last piece is really, you know, the constant pruning and molding that he does for us. So so in that those that vein of those those four keys, there are principles that we can walk out. And while this book is about business, these principles and even, even that four key framework is applicable to life, right? Whether you're a husband or a mom or a grandparent or whatever, to turn to the Lord and allow him to define and direct you. And then put that into discipline by taking the action he tells you to take and then allowing him to develop you. That that applies no matter where you are in life. But the bulk of the book talks about these five key principles. So the first principle is yielding your fruit. And it's like you were just talking about the the kingdoms, you know, Israel's looking around and they're going, hold on a second. I want a king. I want a king. I want a king. But when we're yielding our fruit, it's knowing how does God define my fruit? And it's not looking around and wishing that coveting really that you had someone else's life or material wealth or business success, right? It's it's yielding the fruit that God has given you to yield. I like to say the apple tree doesn't look at the orange tree and think, I wish I made oranges. What did I do? How did I screw this up, right? So yielding your fruit is that first principle. The second principle is that faith is a belief system and trust is an action. In other words, we can have all the faith, but as James says, right? Faith without works is dead. That we have to put feet to our faith and we have to be willing to take the first step even when we don't see the rest of the staircase, which, you know, that's the Abraham moment. That's a quote that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was was credited for saying, taking that step without seeing the, for the, the whole staircase. So you've got to have the faith, but you've got to be willing to put the trust in action. The third principle is surrender. So you've got to be willing to surrender yourself. You've got to be willing to surrender your plan, your way. Um, you know, in Proverbs, where it says that we can make the plans, but he directs our steps. We have to be surrendered and be all in for the Lord in whatever he has planned for us. And that that's really hard when you're not seeing the results that you wanted or your plans aren't going the way that you wanted. But if you if you have the faith and the trust that we just talked about and and you know that he made you on purpose for a purpose then then you may not have the answer on this side of heaven which i think is the hard part but when you're surrendered you allow god to lead you and you're pliable and you're you're allowing him to mold you and however that looks uh, the fourth principle is what i call focus over fomo so you may be familiar with the term fomo fear of missing out and that's what we do a lot of right we're looking left and right and um, we're getting distracted by what everyone else has, but I believe that we're all sort of like Peter walking on the water. So first of all, the fact that the Lord even welcomes us to be his co-laborers and his ambassadors, not, not too differently than he 
Jesus called Peter out onto the water, right? In the middle of the night, in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And Peter steps out onto the water and he's steady and he's walking. And then suddenly his, his attention is diverted by the wind and the storm and et cetera. And he starts to look away from the Lord, right? So it's like, it's, it's sort of this fear of missing out. Like, well, if I, what's happening over there and I need to look over there. And, um, and then, you know, he grabbed, Jesus grabs his hand and, and he looks into Jesus's eyes, I imagine. And he's focused on Jesus only. So focus, an acronym that I use for focus is to focus on Christ until steady, just like Peter did. So that principle four is all about being steadied by the Lord and keeping your focus on him and not being distracted by what's around you. And then the four or the fifth uh, principle is to give glory where glory is due. And, and in our world, it's so easy to get caught up in the noise of having your moment in the limelight or having your moment on the stage or getting the recognition or all of the applause and the accolades. And there's nothing wrong with celebrating a success or a promotion or, you know, the new house or what have you, but giving glory to God in that, um, not taking the credit on all of that. I hear people often say things like, well, but you did the work. Well, but there wouldn't even be the work if God hadn't given me the work. Well, well, you're the one that shows up so strong and confident. Well, if I didn't have the spiritual gifts and the natural abilities that the Lord gave me, none of that could be possible. So giving glory where glory is due is that fifth principle. So when you put all of those together, whether you're in business or you're just trying to be the best parent or best spouse or even the best employee in a work situation, those five principles are a foundation that you can build a kingdom life around, um, which really is all founded in acknowledging that without him, we can do nothing, which of course it tells us in John 15. Well, we are, certainly you have a lot of people who do not think that way. Absolutely. I, I know, uh, especially through my social media, you know, timeline, they're, they're just totally against these, uh, you know, these principles, and they actually believe that, you know, it is my own self, you know, mm -hmm. that's doing these things, and, you know, they they cannot be convinced otherwise. Have you run into that, or what is your, so what are some of the responses to some of those principles? Ooh, yeah, uh, definitely I've run into it on a number of ways. When I first gave my life to Jesus and I was, I was still building my multi-level marketing business. I went to an event and my mentor, the velvet hammer was at the event, but also at the event was um, in multi-level marketing or network marketing, they call it your upline. So it was my, my leader, if you will. And she and I were very, very close. And, and within half an hour of each other, my mentor, the velvet hammer said to me, I can see how Jesus has changed you. You have, you have a light about you. Um, I can feel his presence and you are truly 
reflecting him in this moment. And that was a big deal because it was probably six months after I had been saved. And so the fact that she could sense that something was different about me, and of course she knew exactly what it was. And, but yet I was kind of like that, the baby deer still trying to get my legs under me. Right. And within 30 minutes, my, my upline said to me, there's something different about you. And I wish I had the old you back. I wish I had the you who would just go make things happen. And so in that, in that example right there, right, is, is the pushback that happens very often when we are walking out what the Lord has given us and people want to push back. And then I certainly have had people uh, who, if I'm in a networking situation and I, you know, I mention God or I'm talking about my book or my podcast or whatever. And I've had people say to me, oh, well, I don't use the word God. So like, how could I share this with my audience? And I say, well, with all due respect, I'd rather you not because (laughs) I can't have you change the source of my work. Right. Just like you can't, you don't want to, you want to correctly cite the source if you're, if you're writing a book or, or a paper or what have you. So there is that pushback out there and it, it can really knock you off balance until again, you go back to that focus, focusing on Jesus until steady. So that when you face those challenges, because you will, because he told us that, that we would have trials that you're secure and steadfast and knowing that, that he is your foundation. Then when the fiery darts come and they always will, um, you know, you're armored up really for the, for the foundation of what the Lord has in you. Yeah. Like a mixed bag. huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not uncommon that, you know, you get that, you know, that mixed bag of, you know, responses. uh, Oh yeah. uh, I mean, you know, it happened in, you know, in Jesus's time. So yes. not, not nothing new under the sun. That's but, right. <laughs> but yeah. I am quite sure that you're going to, you know, keep on, keep on pushing and, you know, keep on moving, keep allowing the Lord to redirect, I mean, to direct mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and continue he, to do his work. Yeah, because uh, I've walked outside of his will and I remember how difficult that is. And I don't ever want to take that chance again. And I think sometimes, you know, we don't realize, you know, that we, you know, that we do, that we, yeah. we, we fall out of his will. Sometimes yeah. we don't, you know, and, you know, God may send someone to, you know, to tell us or mm-hmm. we might deliberately just fall out you know, of his will, uh, because, you know, we, because we want the power, we want the glory, we want, you know, the honor, you know, we want to say, you know, I've done this in my own strength, you know, I don't need, you know, somebody, especially who I cannot see telling me Mm. what, you know, I, I hear all of that stuff, and I'm like, you know, there, there's no, there, there's no convincing, mm-hmm. you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, like that. So I had to dust my feet off, 
That's right. You know, go to the next one. And, and, you know, now, you know, when I, you know, hear that, uh, you know, even from, even on social media, I don't even respond. Mm, yes. I don't even respond because you just open up a can of worms, you know, and I, you know, I got, you know, better, you know, better things to do. But That's right. the, the th- you know, the thing is, is that, you know, the thing is, is that we have to, you know, preach the gospel in season and out of season, mm. whether people want to hear it or not. You know, That's from right. judgment day, you know, you know, there there could be an excuse. Well, you know, I didn't hear, you know, I didn't hear about the gospel, you know, yeah. or I don't know anything about the gospel. I'd be like, you know, it's no excuse. Mm. It's going to be a sad, it's going to be a sad day for a whole lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but but I want to be able to, you know, hear those words. That's right. Well done. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's funny that you mentioned a lot, you know, the honors and the accolades, you know, and all that. I mean, you know, which is cool, but wouldn't the greatest accolade that you will ever have in your life of which God says, well done? Amen. I'm like, you know, uh, I don't care if I never get another award, you know, in my life. That would top everything. That's right. (laughs) Yes. And I can be like Paul where he said, you know, you know, I kept the, you know, I I fought a good fight. Mm. I kept Mm. the faith. You know, you know, I want, you know, I, I press towards the mark. That's right. Of the high calling Christ Jesus. I want to be able to say that mm-hmm. confidence and that the Lord, uh, he confirms. Mm. Yes. That, that tops every accolade, you know, that I you know, have received or might receive or mm-hmm. want, you know, you know, at all. Cause you know, that type of accolade is gonna last for eternity. Mm, that's right. No one can take that away from you. Yes. So I I have to ask you this, you know, I know you in business, you know, and everything, but why did you think God uprooted your plane? Uh, I believe that God uprooted my plans. I'll go backwards and say, so I was raised in the Catholic church and my parents were divorced, got divorced. And then, you know, my mom always had a relationship with God, but she kind of left it up to each of her four kids to sort of make their way as we got older in faith. And so I believe that I had a relationship for a long time. I believe that I had a relationship with God, but I wasn't connecting that to Jesus's sacrifice, but there was, there, there was certainly growing up, you know, I was taught about the Lord and somewhat about Jesus. Although I think in the Catholic faith, that looks a little bit different. I mean, Jesus certainly is part of that, but I 
believe that he redirected me because he had a bigger plan. I mean, he has a bigger plan for all of us. And I believe that he wanted to use what I had learned from going from self-reliant to surrendered and going from, you know, grace over grind, if you will, I think is um, how I've seen it written by some, that he had a plan for me to use these gifts, the ambition he's given me, um, the the ability to speak that he's given me. My first spiritual gift is shepherding, pastoring. And there's no accident that he gives us the gifts that he gives us, right? So I believe that he wanted to use me in a different way. And he had to reveal to me the pride and the idolatry that I was living in because I could not have done what he gave me to do if I were still chasing after the world's accolades, like you just talked about. So I, I it's certainly on my lit, my very long list of questions that I want to ask him when I get to heaven. <laughs> so tell me, Lord, why did you decide to do that? And, and, you know, why me and why, why not someone else? Um, but I'm eternally grateful that he turned my head his way and he turned my heart his way. Uh, what was it? Uh, did you, did you find yourself in, you know, a difficult place when you had to, you know, give up your will for, you know, God's will? Because I know we all, you know, struggle, you know, struggle, you know, with that. You know, we've been planning for oh, like yeah. so many years, and mm. all of a sudden, it just uproot and like, yeah. oh, what happened? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, we were in a difficult place um, because I was saved in 2014, but two years before that, I lost my corporate job, and that sent us spiraling into a financial crisis because my multi-level marketing business had not matched. I was making good money, but it hadn't matched my corporate job, and we made some really poor decisions to keep living at a financial level where we actually were not. So we were in financial crisis, and when I had that fateful conversation with my mentor, we were 45, da 45 days behind, well, not at that point. We had drained my 401k, so drained my retirement to keep us afloat because we didn't want anyone to know that we didn't have the money. And then over the next two years, even after being saved, we ended up 45 days behind on our mortgage. Uh, we tried to sell our house three times between 2016 and 2018 it finally sold in 2018 so we were definitely I was definitely in dire straits but you know you said something earlier about the accolades and and giving all of that up for God's eternal confirmation well done good and faithful servant and throughout all of this the the biggest outcome is that in 2017 my husband was saved and I was just saying this this weekend at an event where I was speaking that I would give up everything else forever and ever to know that he was saved. So yes, we were in a we were in absolute dire straits. Um, but out of that, even though God didn't, you know, fully replace my income right away or all the things that we would say, Oh, look what God did for me. Um, he changed my husband's heart and that is worth everything. Um, uh, shifting gears a little bit, uh, you mentioned something about being a coach. 
Um, so exactly what kind of coach are you? So I am what I call a faith first coach. So I work with ambitious Christian women who are feeling successful yet empty, just like I was. They feel like they want to allow the Lord to lead, but they are a little afraid he might redirect them, right? Or change their plans. And so most of these women have been in business for some time. And the, the missing piece for them is they're allowing the Lord to lead them in other areas of their life, but not in their business. They think that they have to hold on to their business for themselves. And so what I do is give them a, what I call a safe space through strategy and accountability and focus and encouragement to integrate their faith into their business. So helping them, sometimes it's restructuring their strategy for their business. Sometimes it's being their accountability partner for ensuring that they're actually praying over their business. And those moments that I'm able to do that and bring faith into business is very different because for most of us, our faith community doesn't understand what it means to be an entrepreneur and our business community doesn't understand what it means to let God lead you. So the, so the women are kind of in this limbo space in the middle. And so I really work with them to help them understand that we can redefine hustle. In other words, emulate how Jesus worked with intention, uh, with focus, always seeking his father and with a sense of timing and help them grow a business that not only grows financially, et cetera, but really leaves them feeling fulfilled in the Lord being their portion, not the worldly accolades being their portion. You know, I, I hear this term a lot, you know, Christian business. Mm -hmm. What, what does that, you know, you know, what does that look like? Sure. So I think there's um, two ways to define it. One is that you are a Christian who has a business and you're allowing the Lord to lead that business, right? Everything in your business is surrendered to the Lord. Yes, you're setting goals and you're creating strategy, but at the same time, you're laying that at the foot of the cross to say, Lord, lead me. The second definition that I, that I see for Christian business is a Christian business owner who is serving Christians specifically. Like that is the audience that the Lord has aligned them to serve versus, you know, simply the secular audience. So to me, it's those two things. I think it's uh, Shea Vines of Kingdom Entrepreneur who talks about those two different definitions. The key in both of those is who is your CEO and it needs to be the Lord. Uh, we definitely not seen that in a whole lot of businesses, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, so have you had an opportunity to share your testimony to, you know, to people like, for example, uh, maybe at church or or some of your speaking engagements? Yeah, for sure. I've shared it in small groups at church. And I also volunteer, my husband and I both volunteer at our church. So we've definitely shared that with our fellow volunteers on our volunteers team. We also teach Financial Peace University, the Dave Ramsey class. And so we often share our testimony in that. 
And anytime I can share my testimony when I'm speaking, I want to do that because that's the foundation of how my business even started. I mean, that's even why I am a speaker because of my own testimony and then God, you know, positioning me and preparing me to do the speaking. Uh, you know, you know, that's great because, uh, you know, there's now they go by to where, you know, but before I, you know, even begin to speak, you know, you know, there's that prayer that, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to see me. That's I right. With my voice. I, I want your people to hear from you. Oh, you know, yeah. Just, yes. just, a vessel, just a mouthpiece. That's right. I'm just a vessel. Just a vessel, that body. Yeah. You know, just, you know, you know, just saying, but you know, there's so many like distractions. Mm, yes. I call, I call them distractions. It's, it's, it can be big or small and just really keep us, you know, from seeing what the, you know, really, you know, big mm. picture. Mm -hmm. Oh, or, yeah. Or who the real, or who the real enemy is. That's right. That's right. Yes. The, the the Bible makes a lot of like some military uh, analogies, like in Ephesians chapter six when he tells mm -hmm. us to put on the whole armor of God. You know That's that right. was a that was a military analogy. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to get us to see who the real enemy, you know, is. That's and right. That uh, and that they're, uh, you know, and that the tools that he wants us to you know, carry with us resemble that of of, of of Roman military uniform. Yes, yes. And then he also says in 2 Corinthians, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning they're mm, not worldly. That's right. But, you know, so if we're in spiritual warfare and we're dealing in spiritual warfare, you can't fight a spiritual war using natural weapons. That's right. Not going to happen. Yes. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You know, even though people, you, you know, say, well, you know, that, you know, that doesn't, you know, exist. I, you know, I can, you know, do this with my own, you know, strength and power. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. Give it a shot. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like Elijah. Okay. You know, I'd be like Elijah. Okay. Well, you know, you got your, uh, 4,000 bail prophets over here. Mm -hmm. And I got the Lord over here. That's right. You know, you know, you know, let's see who's going to come out on top. Mm. Yes. So, yeah. you know, fortunately, that's the kind of world, you know, that we live in. Um, let's see, what else do I have here? So um, what, what, what is your motivation? What, you know, what keeps you going when you feel like the world is waiting on your shoulder? So I have a mission. And even if I, I believe, even if I were not in the marketplace, I would have a mission. I mean, ultimately our purpose as believers is to love people and make disciples, right? And we can't change the heart, but we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. So what, what keeps me going is, Lord, help me find one more. 
you know, Lord, help me find one more ambitious woman that needs you. Um, Lord, help me find one more person that I can help find the hope of Jesus. I, I stay motivated in knowing that on this side of heaven, there is no perfection, but that I want him to use me, like you said earlier. So even when things are not going my way, I or you know, I'm I'm feeling like I didn't have a great productive day, or you know, I feel like, Lord, where are you taking me today? Because this is not what was on my plan. I'm constantly repeating, this is yours, right? My life is yours, my family is yours, my business is yours. Every day I'm saying that, and that that keeps me going because there's, there's a mission to be done. And I want to be his co-laborer and his ambassador. I mean, he invites us to be. So that's what motivates me when things are not going the way we want them to go or in crisis situations or what have you. Um, you mentioned a lot about, you know, allowing God to be the CEO. What does that look like to you? Mm. To me, it looks like his complete oversight in everything that we do in business. So, yes, I will sit down and I will create a strategy, even with my own coach. But at, as I'm doing it, I'm praying over it. When I'm done with it, I'm laying it at his feet, you know, redirect this Lord, add or subtract whatever needs to happen so that this measures up to what your plan is, right? When I set my goals, I do the same thing. So it is that oversight, like a chief executive officer oversight where um, many times in the corporate environment, you know, the plans are made on one level and then it's presented to the board of directors or it's presented to the CEO, and that is exactly how I see it as a business owner, that ultimately we are in a position to make plans, but they're all his. And we have to be prepared to surrender those plans to him as our CEO. Yes, I, I heard these two phrases a lot, you know, they like almost cliches, you know, you know, in some way, you know, you got some people say, well, uh, you know, God is the pilot and I'm the co-pilot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, some people like Jesus take the wheel. Yes. So how, how does that relate to, you know, what you said about, you know, God should be the CEO? Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, in my sort of come to Jesus moment, if you will, I would, I describe my story as, an ambitious woman gets lost on her way to the top, finds Jesus, and he says, why don't you let me drive for a while and you take and hold this map, which is the Bible. So I, I think that is exactly it, right? The, the the Trinity of God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, it's letting, letting that be what's in charge of all of it. It is allowing him to drive. It is allowing the Holy Spirit to develop you and equip you and, and empower you. It, it's, it's all of that together as what I call, you know, not just God as our CEO, but also our GPS, our great positioning shepherd, right? Like he, he is the GPS 
And if we just follow the GPS, <laughs> um, he will lead us where we need to go. And allowing him to drive is about taking our hands off the wheel and not holding it and gripping it so tightly that it only goes where we want it to go because where we want it to go is not what's important. It's where he wants to take it. Right. And, uh, you know, and, you know, some people, you know, again, I said that, you know, they, they want to be the co-pilot, you know, you know, is it kind of like you have a pastor, you have a co-pastor, but you yeah. really have two people, you know, instead of one person. Mm. That kind of bothers me because, uh, you know, they're basically saying, well, you know, you could be the pilot, but, you know, if I see something that I don't like, then, then I would take over. Mm-hmm. You know, co-pilot, you know, that's, you know, that's not good. And then you have what you call those... And then you have what you call those backseat drivers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, that would be like, uh, you know, you know, Jesus take the wheel, you know, but like he's taking you somewhere you, you know, you really, you know, want to go, you know, you'd be like, hey, where are we going? You know, we supposed yeah. to be going that way. Yeah. And we're terrible backseat drivers, aren't we? terrible <laughs> i mean for real <laughs> well we are going to get ready to close here um how can someone reach you yeah so the best way for them to reach me is to go to my website aaronharrigan.com slash explore that's going to take you right to a link where you can download one of my tools, that four keys tool, you can get a visitor pass to visit one of my live coachings. You can listen to the podcast, everything in one place of my content and how to work with me is all at aaronharrigan.com slash explore. That is the main way to find me um, or come find me on social media. I'm on uh, Facebook as the hustle with heart coach. And I'm on Instagram as Aaron D, middle initial, Harrigan. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, etc. just under my name. Um, I know you mentioned, you know, earlier where they can find your book. Uh, yes. One more time, please. Absolutely. So you can find the book on Amazon. It's Pursuing Success God's Way, A Practical Guide to Hustle with Heart. Um, you can also find it on my website. All right. Uh we didn't, I don't think you got a chance to mention anything about your podcast. Do you want to share anything about your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is the Hustle with Heart podcast. It is a weekly podcast on all major podcast channels. Uh, there's some exciting news I'm going to be announcing with the podcast next week. So if you download my tool, you'll be on my email list and you'll see that news. Or if you follow me on social media, I'll be sharing that next week, but it's been going on for four and a half years. And this month, as I mentioned, we're talking about the five principles uh, from my book. And interestingly, in the month of August, I did the armor of God. You mentioned the armor of God. And so I unpacked all the pieces of armor in August on the podcast. Oh, look at this. See, I, I didn't know that. They see what God does. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, and uh, part of the reason is because uh, 
I am a veteran of the armed forces. Mm -hmm. And so that, that kind of takes me back. Mm, yeah. You, you know, to that. And um, believe it or not, you know, there was some great principles that was being, you, you know, taught by God while I was in the military. Mm. You know, because I was like really scared and timid and, you know, you know, you know, things of that nature. But uh, uh, when I got out, you know, I use what God has, uh, you know, taught me, you know, mm -hmm. in the civilian world. Yeah. So we might not necessarily know where we're going. Yep. Just like Abraham was, but, right. you know, he had faith. He trusted God enough to, you know, to, to, you know, for God to hold his hand and direct him to whatever you know he needed to go it sounds like that's a lot easier than you know than to have a blindfold on and you don't know oh, yeah <laughs> i mean that sounds like you know really easy i mean it sounds easy but you know on the surface but you know when pride gets in the way and oh yeah arrogance gets in the way it kind of like really you know takes us away from that we get like really blinded and distracted yeah, we do. Um, so how, how are they able to find your podcast? So you can find the podcast on that same link, uh, the AaronHarrigan.com slash explore, or um, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio. It's everywhere. So it's the Hustle with Heart podcast. So what, what are some of the things that you talk about? So on every episode, we are connecting biblical truth to business and then giving people practical ways that they can make that actionable. So uh, this month, as we're talking about the five principles to redefine hustle, at the end of each episode, there are links to a tool uh, or you know instructions on different tips and that sort of thing. But it is specifically about pursuing success as a Christian, Ma mainly a Christian woman, but I mean, it's open for everyone to listen to um, and really connecting the Bible to business. I, I definitely need to check that out. Um, and, and soon, I, I'm quite sure that, you know, what you have to say will, you know, help me in my own business as well. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to be checking it out as well. That sounds and great. We're going to be uh, closing here. Any last words that you would like to tell the audience? Any words of encouragement, words of wisdom, words of knowledge? What sure. <laughs> what I would say is what I say at the end of every one of my podcast episodes, which is I pray and encourage you to tune out the world it's very loud and chaotic, and it, it is shifting sands. Um, tune into God's truth, because it is the truth with a capital T. It is the only truth, and he already has a plan for you, so follow it. <laughs> um, and turn up focus. So tune out the world, tune into God's truth, and turn up focus to thrive in your life and in business. Oh, that is certainly words to live by. Thank you so much. 
Oh, thank you. Uh, and thank you so much for sharing your story. We, we don't often, you know, get a chance to like have a platform to where, you know, people can share their story, especially on the, especially in mainstream, you know, media. And I'm not too sure about other podcasts, you know, but here we, you know, we try to provide a safe space to where people, you know, are able mm. to kind of just let them go, you know, and not so much trying to take over the store. Right. You know, you know, I'm quite sure that, you know, I'll be invited to a podcast one day and I'll be able to, I'll be able to share my story. That's right. You know, but, yeah. right, but whenever a guest comes on here, uh, they normally will have a show. So yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, I may have a little interjections, you know, you know, every now and then to kind of like, uh, you know, be more interactive. Because uh, you know, you don't want to have like a one-dimensional show, right? You know, right. You be interactive. Yeah, and, for sure. Know, and I'm and I'm still learning. Hey, I mean, I'm, we all are, and you're doing a service to the to the kingdom for you know putting out the show that you have. Thank you. I really yeah. appreciate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if it's the Lord's will, it's, it's going to get better. And, you know, I'm going to trust the process. That's right. Because Amen. I'm going to try, no, no matter how difficult, you know, it may be, uh, I must learn to trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to close out uh, this evening. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the works podcast where just about anything goes if you have a story to tell you're more than welcome to share your story with the audience i'm quite sure that there's someone out there who can relate to you or probably worse off than you are and they need to hear something encouraging and something that's going to, you know, uplift them. And we do know, and I, be, I definitely believe in the power of testimony. Our mm -hmm. uh, testimonies are, you know, a way for, well, number one, to tell your story, you know, number two, to, you know, lift up some more spirits. And number three, we get to brag on God. Amen. Mm. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> so, you know, you know, whatever we mention it or not. Now, keep in mind, in the book of, you know, Esther, you know, God's name is not mentioned once. Right, right. Yeah. It's not mentioned once. You never, you know, you never hear anything, you know, it never says, you know, God did this or God said that or the Lord did this or the Lord said that. You know, none of that was in the book of Esther, you know, but after you read that book, you would quickly discover, you know, that God was in the midst of everything being said and done, even though mm. he was not mentioned that once. That's right. That is so right. And so mm. that's, that's what make Esther, that's what made the book of Esther, you know, so unique, you know, just by reading the stories, 
you know, and uh, the chapters in the book, you know, that you can, you know, see God's attributes, you know, come out. Mm-hmm. You know, and yep. that's what we like to do when, you know, when people tell, you know, their stories. We want the attributes of God to come out. We want, yes. you, you know, we want to be able to just uplift him and, mag- <laughs> you know, magnify him. You, you know, even if we don't call him by name. Yeah. Amen. You know, that's what I, you know, you know, and we got some people that are, you know, they're not Christian, they're not religious, or even, you know, they're not spiritual. But we hope that, you know, something that's being said or something that's being done is going to help you, you know, in some way. And who knows? That's right. Amen. Yeah you know who you know who knows i mean you know all we have to do is just uh you know allow god to use us yep he'll bring them in that's right that is right oh so good (laughs) all right well that that's well and we're going to end it on that note you know (laughs) thank you so much we got another great show you know coming up we got to play catch up here and so uh we're going to be doing, you know, just that. We uh, actually have some guests coming on all this week, you know, to make up for lost ground. So mm. we hope that, uh, that you know, you'll be able to join us and that we'll get this out to, you know, whatever you get your podcast from. And we'll go from there. So until then, I'm Keith Williams, your host for The Works. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. The views expressed on this program are those of the guests and not necessarily the views of management and staff of OBS Radio, OBS International, and Greater Works Business Services. Guests who appear on this podcast are not required to pay a fee and is made possible by radioguestlist.com. For more information, please visit our website at www.obsintl.cf. Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services.